Sunday the 9th of January on the first Sunday of Epiphany and also the first service of the Moot community in the new home of St Mary Aldermary in the city, Sarah Edwards explores the theme of Christ's calling as Prince of Peace and of Justice. Do you want to say a little bit about what your current work is and what, what you do? Yep. Um, I work for an international development charity called Health Poverty Action um, and we work around the developing world um, running projects helping very marginalised communities improve their health, but also in a, in a broader context of poverty reduction as well. Um, and my job is really to try and raise awareness of that in the UK and get people involved in things that they can do to make a difference. And before that, you worked with Anti-Slavery International, is that right? Mm. Do you want to say a bit more about what that was about? Yeah, so... I had a kind of similar role um, at anti-slavery where the organisation that was originally set up as the Anti-Slavery Society back in the 1830s um, and which continues to campaign and advocate for an end to contemporary forms of slavery. Um, So again, it was trying to get people involved in letter writing campaigns, email actions, um, things online and offline um, to reduce and to bring about change in terms of uh, human rights abuses in different parts of the world. So it's great having you here, so let's hear what you've got to say. Thank you. Thanks Ian, and I'll say a little bit more about some of my experiences working for those organisations as we, as we go along. A belated Happy New Year to everybody. Hope that uh, 2011 brings you joy and peace. But as we look around us at this city and our nation and the wider world, it's quite easy to feel anything but joyful and peaceful. When we see the poverty and inequality, the effects of the recession at home and abroad, and the effects of conflict and natural disaster are all too evident. And that can really feel depressing to the point really of numbness, And sometimes we get angry, but we don't know where or how to target that anger effectively. Sometimes it's easier just to turn away from it all and retreat into our own private lives, giving up on the hope of a better, fairer world. But I don't want to bring a miserable New Year message. The hope of the Epiphany season that we're celebrating and the hope expressed in the readings that we've just heard is that there can be and there will ultimately be peace and joy and justice. As we seek to follow the Jesus who entered this world, frail, poor, homeless, a refugee, marginalised, we too are called to enter into the messiness and the brokenness, and he will go with us. So this week, this season, we're marking Epiphany, and reflecting on God's revealing of himself in Christ. And we're also commemorating Jesus' baptism in the Jordan, as we've just heard. And we heard in that Gospel reading, Matthew says, When Jesus had been baptised, 
he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So that's a really beautiful picture of Jesus' Messiah, anointed one, which is a really strong theme in Matthew's Gospel. But what was Jesus anointed for? And I want to reflect on that a bit this evening. And that's where the, the reading from Isaiah is really pertinent. Because at the heart of Jesus' anointing and his coming among us that we celebrate at Epiphany is his mission to bring about justice. And the Isaiah reading says, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. And for me personally, as I've just um, been saying a little bit about, that message has been really foundational to my understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Um, So in the different charities I've worked for, um, whether that's looking at human rights, human trafficking, child labour, cancelling third world debt and health poverty action at the moment, my role has always been something to do with advocacy, speaking out on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves or very often amplifying the voices and standing in solidarity with incredibly brave activists around the world as they lead the fight for justice. And sometimes this work that I've been privileged to be involved with is really inspiring, but it can also be quite depressing and it can be demoralising and it can leave us feeling if it's all worthwhile and if I can really make any difference to such enormous world challenges. And for all of us who might be involved in these sorts of issues at whatever kind of level, whether that's just watching the news um, or it might be giving time in our work or volunteering or giving money or it might be through signing an email petition or lobbying your MP or going on a demonstration, it can be really difficult to stay motivated and to believe that those things that we do are really worth it. So we can, we can see in those readings and we can understand that bringing about justice is central to Jesus' mission, to what he was anointed for. And that's one thing. But what about us? How do we move from feeling overwhelmed and powerless to actually participating in Jesus' justice mission? Well, the Isaiah passage also tells us that Jesus will not break a bruised reed or snuff out a dimly burning wick. In other words, there is room for the powerless, for the weak, in this journey to justice. We can take small actions, what might seem to us trivial steps, and God will use these for good. We might well not consider what we achieve to be significant change, but we can know that we're following Jesus who, in the words of Isaiah, will faithfully bring forth justice, who will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. I think those are amazing promises to hold on to. So I want to give just a couple of examples from my own work where small actions have culminated in real change. And um, I mentioned earlier that I was used to work at Anti-Slavery International and a favourite memory from my time there is when one of our partners um, in West Africa 
had been imprisoned for speaking out, for working against traditional forms of slavery in his country. And we set up an email campaign for people to write to the US government um, to put pressure on the African government concerned to release him. And hundreds of emails flooded in. And one day we got this irate phone call from the US State Department asking why we jammed their email system. But it was it worked. The partner, the government in this African country was embarrassed by the international pressure that was put on them and he was soon released and able to continue the fight against slavery in his country. And I just think each one of the people who took part in that simple email action could have thought, why bother? Sending an email won't change anything. But collectively it did. And when I was at Jubilee Debt Campaign, I was really quite, that's on a different scale, I think. I was privileged to be part of a, a massive campaign that saw um, people getting involved in lots of different ways over a number of years, writing letters, going on demonstrations, signing petitions, many of them in churches and other faith groups, and all of which in themselves were small actions and might well have seemed powerless in the face of the global economy in the face of the sorts of factors that caused and sustained the global debt crisis. And there's still a big job to be done, but that campaign has achieved the cancellation of billions of dollars of debts in about 25 countries already. And that's seen more children in school, more infants vaccinated, more health workers trained. So ordinary people there really have made a difference. And now, as I've mentioned, I work at a much less well-known charity, which is called Health Poverty Action. And one of the things we're campaigning for is um, mothers on the margins, women from indigenous groups, from other minority groups, who face a much higher risk of death or illness through pregnancy, <coughs> through pregnancy and childbirth. And we've worked for many years on the ground with those communities in places in Latin America and Southeast Asia and Africa and really seen a, a sea change through addressing discrimination, through making facilities more culturally acceptable, a sea change in women, women attending clinics and seeking health care, which has had an effect on their health. So now the challenge is and what we've been doing in the last few months, taking that on-the-ground experience at the grassroots and campaigning. So people have been writing to their MPs, people have been writing to different uh, government representatives. And just in the last few months, we successfully campaigned for the inclusion of the needs of Indigenous women in a new uh, international strategy on maternal health, which sounds like it could mean nothing, and it could mean nothing, but um, it's a first step. It's a baby step, so it's exciting to be involved in that. So those are just a few examples from, from my work, but as I say, all of us are involved in different levels, whether it's just in reflecting and praying, um, whether it's in giving time or money, or whether it's in campaigning. So as we celebrate Jesus' coming among us and his baptism, let's remember that part of what his anointing is for is to bring forth justice. And let's not be downhearted, but remember that even dimly burning wicks, when joined by other wicks, can be part of his mission to bring light to the world. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.